Hey man, let me tell you something about Superstar Bill Dundee. I work with Superstar, man, night after night after night, man. I learned a lot from that guy. Big as a minute, maybe he's 5'7". Should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, had tremendous fire, had tremendous uh, mean streak as a heel. Uh, was a great trash talker, a great promo. Uh, I loved working with Superstar Bill Dundee, man. Brother, now I know some people say, well, he's bragging today, he's all fired up. Yeah, but if you've got something good, you tell the people, brother. Rex Luther here with Superstar Bill Dundee for the Wrestling Memories Podcast. And uh, hey, Bill, you got a busy week this week. Thursday, you're going to Nashville. Yep. Uh, USA Championship yep. Wrestling. Uh, wrestling's returned to Nashville. Started last Thursday night. It'll be every Thursday night. USA Championship Wrestling. Bird Prince puts on a great show over there. Superstar is going to be there. Yes, I'm going to be there this week. And that's on the Thursday night. So then we'll stay over at my house in Nashville. I'll go around and see Bobby Eaton. And we're going to be... Friday, you'll be in Walling, Tennessee. Friday, yeah. Big memory show. You got the uh, Rock and Roll Express, beautiful Bobby Eaton, and yourself. Uh, and then Thursday, uh, Friday, excuse me, Saturday the 19th, you'll be over at Columbia, and uh, Bobby Eaton's going to be there, and you're going to yeah. be there, and be a big show. But, you uh, got me so excited we didn't turn the page. Yeah. We're, we're, we're looking at we're August. Looking at August. Well, I, I'm rambling <laughs> off on the, yeah, in my but mind. You know, but, in your head, I, don't, I need help. You've got Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's going to be in Nashville, Tennessee at the old Harpeth Brewery for USA Wrestling. And then you've got uh, Walling, Tennessee, Friday. And um, Saturday, we're Saturday going to be. night, we're going to be. We'll flick that page and it'll tell us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We've been hitting Columbia. Columbia, yeah. yeah. Too, talking too much today. Columbia. That good stuff comes yeah, from. Exactly. So, back uh, in the good old days, but that's week. another story. But that's October 17th, 18th, 19th. If uh, you're anywhere close to Nashville, catch those shows. See the superstar. Yeah, the good old days, yes. I told you, I told you, shut up, you might learn something. And I 
say something? No, you can't say anything until I'm done talking. All right, you can say something now. I changed my mind. You can't say anything. It's Rex Luther with Superstar Bill and uh, Man, we're just going around town having fun and eating cake and surprises yes, all over town. And uh, we went out to um, CW30 to see Dustin Starr and Miss Maria and um, made a surprise appearance. It's going to be this week uh, on uh, Dustin Starr's Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. And uh, they also are going to play the trailer for your new movie, The Screechers, that you've been working all summer on. Yeah. So um, fans need to tune in and get a, a sneak peek of the movie. and It'll be coming out in 2020. And uh, superstar Bill Dundee will be back on the Hollywood marquee. Maybe we'll get to go to the real Hollywood one day. Them near choked under them. Don't know why them near choked on, but I did. But, uh, yeah, the real Hollywood. You're not, not talking about Jimmy no, Blaylock. Jimmy no, Blaylock. No, oh. yeah, he's probably choking on a Twinkie somewhere. But, all right, Hollywood. <laughs> Dr. D. Hello. Hello there. Hello there. Who's there? This is Rex, and uh, Superstar's about to walk in the room. Getting everything. Oh, I'm glad y'all finally got your act together. I'm about ready to go out and cut some grass. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> uh, give us uh, one minute. Uh, he's about to walk in. He had to step out for one second. We'll get you rolling. Uh, okay. Is, can you hear me okay? Yeah, we're going to wake it work up. Is there is there any uh, place that uh, I can uh, plug that uh, any of your merchandise or they can go buy your book? That I can... Yeah. I'll get that uh, listed on all bills. The best way to personalize autograph is through me. I got a drop box here in Henderson, Tennessee. My wife checks it every two or three days, and, and I come in and fulfill the orders and get them out. That'll work, and I'm going to put that on his uh, Bill's Twitter and Facebook pages and, and groups and all that, so we'll get that listed for you. That'd be great, man. And, uh, Where are y'all recording from? Rossville, Tennessee, right outside of Memphis, at Bill's house. Light day for you. I use the bush log. You know, is that Bill talking? No, he's 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 on his way. I promise you. Oh hell, sound like Stu Hart territory. He'll be here in a minute. Hang on. Oh, um, uh, I was uh, flipping through your book this morning. I, I got it when it first came out, and uh, said you never went down to the dungeon. Alright, Dr. D, here's a superstar walking in right now. Oh, I'm glad he got up this morning. <laughs> My goodness. 
He's already cut bush hog 20 acres. Yeah. Dr. D, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. How you doing? Oh, same old, same old. Just up and down the road occasionally. I hear you. Well, it wasn't that part. I drank too much coffee and had to go get rid of it, so that was where oh, I was. Oh, man. I, I get up about 1 o'clock every night, and, uh, you know, I have to catch up on all my stuff before my wife gets out here with her honeydew book. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, there's not a honeydew list no more. It's turned into a book with chapters in it, you know. So. <laughs> I hear you. Oh, yeah. But I got to do something, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, Are you still chasing bad guys? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Dave, your, your, whole, your whole life was like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hear that stuff all the time. I told a guy, I told a guy over here uh, across the road from me, he showed me how a gun in his pocket, you know. I said, hey, that don't impress me, man. I said, that does not impress me at all. And he said, well, I just want to let you know I'm carrying a gun. I said, good for you. Whoopee. That really thrills me. Yeah, all right. And I, thought, I said, don't come back on my property that gun or I'll shoot you. <laughs> the cops come out here and got me for threatening him. I mean, they didn't do nothing. Talk to him. Did you threaten him? Yes, I did. I told him, get off my property. Don't come back on my property that gun or I'm going to shoot you because I feel my life is in danger. Anyway, we had a big discussion. They agreed with me and left, you know, so... Oh, I have that every day, man. I another, just, you know. another day in the life of an international bounty hunter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, that's the way it's going. You know, are oh, you recording yet? Yeah, we're, we're rolling right yeah, now. I didn't, want, I didn't want to say nothing. Uh, you know, might not want to record. I know you can cut it out anyway. Uh, but, you know, let me tell you. Bill, you know, Bill gave me a nickname one time. Uh, I don't know if he remembers it or not. Uh, you remember my nickname, Bill? No, sir, we used to drink a lot of beer back in them days. Are we back on? Yeah, did I scare everybody off? Yeah, we're back here now. What was your nickname? Oh, Bush Bush. I didn't call you that to your face. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what he used to call me when I first started Bush Ape, you know. Uh, uh, Bill, you know, Bill was always a uh, guy always uh, ribbing me all the time, you know. And uh, I, I could take ribs, you know. Only thing I had to give back. And uh, I know when Barnes, Dundee and Barnes was in here, you know, they was they was kind of like my idols, you know. Cause I wasn't in the business yet when they was here. That tells you how old I am, you know. He's a young guy, right? I mean. You know, but no, Bill's always been a good guy. He's, uh, uh, I mean, I always had a good time with him, and uh, he gets mad at me a lot, but uh, hell, everybody else does too. I True. think I got about, uh, I think I got six hundred, seven hundred people mad at me to call for the Alley Club a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we saw. Uh, we were looking at some clips yeah, we of your vacation there. Uh, yeah. Well, did they did they expect anything different? They knew who they invited out, so uh, they they yeah. got. They got who they they asked for. They got the Doctor D. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I tell them like it is, and now they already invite me back next year. I said, "What kind of award you gonna give me then?" They hadn't figured it out yet. No, nah, they'll make up one for you. <laughs> I said, "I'm not coming out unless I get an award." <laughs> Maybe they won't find one for me. But anyway, hey, it's great to talk to you guys and everything, and uh, you know. I've been real busy, not busy, Bill, Bill, very busy. I see him all over the internet, everywhere, all these uh, 
uh, all these spot shows they're doing, you know. And, and, you know, let me tell you something about the spot shows. The little shows that people, you know, all around, you see them coming up. Selma, Tennessee, Henderson, Tennessee. You know, for entertainment purposes, these are great entertainment shows, man. You have a great time in them. The people have a great time. The kids have a great time. The family goes home. They're not broke because they haven't paid this astronomical price to come in there. And they leave and they say, what happened? They go there. They have a good time. And all the competitors out there, they're all good guys. They're all working hard to get into the business and, uh, you know, People like Bill Dundee, he, he keeps them straight, you know, and uh, he does a good job with them. And these guys, you know, these guys are going to be on the top one day. Uh, they're going to be main eventers, some of them, and some of them never make it. Nobody makes it overnight, so they're working hard to get up there. So what, what I'm saying is these little shows are great, man. These small towns and stuff, best entertainment you can get anywhere. Right. So... Talking about anyway. not making yeah. it overnight, me and Barnes had wrestled eight or nine years in Australia before we ever got here. And then when we got here, we kind of got a break from Jerry Jarrett and Nick Goulet's promotion. So that's yeah. when we made it. We've been around about eight or nine years before that. Oh, I know, man. You've been around a long time, Bill. Now, I don't know if I tell much. I don't think I talk much more than that, though. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Every time, hey, every time Jerry sees me, I seen him at the Cauliflower Club, and I seen him up in New Jersey one day, and, uh, you know, and uh, he, he tries to avoid me, and I kind of cut him off like a bounty hunter, you know. Yeah, hey, Jerry, you. he said, oh, David, I didn't see. Ah, yeah, right. <laughs> How do you not see six foot six, 280 pounds? How do you miss that? That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember, I remember, um, you know, everybody always, you know, Steve Austin, we had a little problem uh, last couple of weeks. He called me and said, David, I, got, I hear I got heat with you. I said, well, you know, uh, he called me three or four times before he got in touch with me. And he said, I want to clear that up. And I said, well, the only way you can clear it up is keep your mouth shut because you're telling lies. You're saying that I cuffed. John Strassel, the reporter, you know, everybody talks about I cupped his ears and all that. Well, I have his deposition and I brought it to the Colorado Alley Club. I was going to show Lawler, but, you know, his fiance was with him and everybody was around him. I didn't want to embarrass him too much, but, uh, you know, I told him, I said, it says right here, John Stossel said that I hit him on his cheek, both cheeks, not his ears. And then he went on TV national TV on his show and said, hey, after I got paid, I didn't have no pain. It was durosomatic. In other words, in other words, he's a liar. John Stossel, in my opinion, is a piece of garbage. And like I always say, he's just like a piece of dog mess out here. The only thing you can do is pick it up, dump it in a bag and throw it away or let the wind dry it up and get a blow away itself. But John Stoswell is a liar, and and, and uh, he, he perjured himself on the deposition. Now, I have depositions. Now, this is not something that I'm making up. I took it to the Cowboy because I was going to read it. And I'd already, everybody's over there, you know, had angels crying or whatever. They just, uh, and then when I told everybody how everybody treated me after I got removed from wrestling, how Vince McMahon tried to take my house and put me and my wife and my kid out on the street for something that I did, he asked me to do. And then I said, nobody out here, not one person in this building here called me. Not one person called me and said, hey, can we help you? Can we do something for you? Is there anything you need? 
And my wife said, oh, my God, you could hear a pin drop, David. I said, yeah. That's the reason I changed the subject real quick because, you know, I didn't want to all get the ball and everything, crying. And everything. <laughs> I kind of liked it, though. And, uh, you know, everybody, a lot of other guys did, too. They was, uh, you know, we was having a good time there. But uh, I'm, in, I'm enjoying life. I'm out here now. I got little 80 acres here. I got about 80 acres, I guess. I'm in the back. Uh, the, the West 40. I got a house built out here. It was a little shed. I about turned it into a house. Maybe my dog house, if you know what I mean. If I keep hey. on yeah. Was, was and, that natural you slapped him in? No. Do what now? I'm sorry. What town was he in? New York. Madison Square Garden. I didn't hear that again. One more what time. What town was you in when you knocked Stossel on his backside? Oh, it was in Madison, it was in Madison Square Gardens. And, uh, you know, just uh, come out there. And, uh, you know, the thing about it, if anybody watches the tape, I mean, it's all over the place. And uh, if you watch it, you know, Fuji and the Iron Sheep was uh, standing there in the hallway. And after I slapped him two times, he took off running right beside him. They never moved one inch. They never took their arm off the resting position. Uh, everybody's out there watching because they heard Dennis come in and tell me that. But, you know, I understand why people didn't come to my defense because they would have been fired. And they had families to take care of. They couldn't come up and say, oh, no, Vince was talking to him over there. We heard him say, uh, you know, stay in character, uh, blast him, tear his ass up, you know. And I didn't even know who he was talking about that time, you know. And uh, if anybody watch that tape, though, and, uh, of course, they don't see the real thing. And y'all know how the cutting room floor goes. All the real stuff is on the cutting room floor. John Stossel tried to interview me three times. And then he finally got got his stuff straight. Got, he was scared to death. And that's when he did, and that's what he showed. But another thing, I was not charged with anything. I never suffered no consequences of that. Vince McMahon paid him $425,000 for no reason whatsoever. I was not charged. I was not penalized. They said I was uh, suspended. Oh, yeah, I was suspended, uh, what, six hours. And everybody lifted suspension, all the station lifted suspension once they seen the tape. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, like I said, I was never charged with anything. And everybody said, well, you got fired from this for hitting Stossel. No, 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 no. Vince McMahon had Jay Scombo fire me in Los Angeles, California one night when Mr. T and myself was talking in the hallway. And that's one of the pictures in the book, is Mr. T and me. Rex, you said you got the book. You had to see the picture of I, Mr. T and me. I saw it this morning, yep. Okay. We was talking, and he went out to the ring. I said, I'll be out if you miss talk to you. So, anyway, I started out there, and Jay Strongbow got the cops out there, and he said, hey, this guy's going to hurt somebody, man. Y'all need to get him out of there. About seven, eight cops come out and said, you got to go with us. Okay. And then they kind of uh, said, get out on the ground. I got on the ground. They handcuffed me, hog-tied me, tied my feet to my hands, and toted me out of there with two guns pointed to my head. And uh, I said, damn, this is awful, man. Be careful. Don't, <laughs> don't let that gun go off to you. I, I mean, you all got me hog-tied, and I'm leaving. I mean, I don't know why, but so we got back there, and um, they took the cuffs off and throwed me out the back door. Now, I'm talking about throwing me out the back door. I threw me outside, and the door's closed, and I'm outside. I don't know. I mean, uh, I felt like Clem Vanilla Hopper, you know, Red Skeleton, how he got snowed out of everything. The bum got thrown out of the room, out of the bar, or whatever. So, 
behind me. They opened the door, and I said, hey, can I? Boom. Closed again. So that's why I got fired, because I walked out to talk to Mr. T. And when I went back to Connecticut, talked to Vince, he said, well, I don't know why you got fired, because, uh, you know, I'm going to have to talk to Jay Stonebuck. But in the deposition, John Stossel said, Vince said he was going to fire me that night. Well, that was six months down the road. I was still working for Vince, so, you know, Vince, well, I mean, anyway, you can talk about Vince all you want to. You can say anything you want to about it. All of it's true. Uh, my opinion, this is uh, totally, uh, this guy should never be around anybody, especially young girls. Uh, this guy has been... Uh, associated with tapes, they've stole tapes that implicated him having sex relations with teenage girls. And I have, I had the tape and turn it over. Well, I lost the tape when I turned it over, but my lawyers said, uh, you know, I was going to write a book about it, but Vince would have watched it right off the bat. But nobody cares. Nobody cares about that, so I quit talking about it. You know, I just don't even try to, I don't try to mention his name no more, but you can't mention wrestling without missing his name, you know. So, that's enough for him. Enough publicity for him. Hey, Dr. Dion. Rex Luther here with Superstar Bill Dundee for the Wrestling Memories Podcast. And, uh, hey, Bill, you got a busy week this week. Thursday, you're going to Nashville. Yep. Uh, USA Bobby, Championship yep. Wrestling. Uh, wrestling's return to Nashville. Started last Thursday night. It'll be every Thursday night. USA Championship Wrestling. Bird Prince puts on a great show over there. Superstar is going to be there. Yes, I'm going to be there this week. And that's on the Thursday night. So then we'll stay over at my house in Nashville. I'll go around and see Bobby Eaton. And we're going to be... We'll get the uh, specs. Well, let's see. Uh, Friday you'll be in Walling, Tennessee. Friday, yeah. Big memory show. you got got uh, Rock and Roll Express, beautiful Bobby Eaton, and yourself. Uh, and then Thursday, uh, Friday, excuse me, Saturday the 19th, you'll be over at Columbia and... Uh, Bobby Eaton's going to be there, and you're going to yeah. be there, and be a big show. But you uh, got me so excited, we didn't turn the page. Yeah, we're, we're, we're looking at we're August. Looking at August. Well, I, I'm rambling <laughs> off on the, yeah. in my but mind. You know, but, in your head, I don't. I need help. You've got Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's going to be in Nashville, Tennessee, at the Old Harpeth Brewery for USA Wrestling, and then you've got uh, Walling, Tennessee, Friday, and um, Saturday. We're Saturday going to be, night, we're going to be we'll flick that page, and it'll tell us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We've been hitting Columbia. Here. Columbia, yeah. yeah. Talking Why too much today. That? That's where that good stuff comes yeah, from. Exactly. So back uh, in the good old days, but that's week. another story. But that's October seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth. If uh, you're anywhere close to Nashville, catch those shows. See the superstar. Yeah, the good old days. Yes. Did did you uh, you and Stone Cold patch things up? Yeah, Stone Cold. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was okay. He uh, he really he realized that. Uh, you know, it was him and Waller talking about me cupping the guy's ear and all that, you know, and I told him, man, that's, that's a bad thing to say. And he said, well, not when, uh, you know, I, I didn't mean to say it, but Jerry, one of them blaming the other one. Both of them blaming each other. Who said, you know. I said, well, you should watch the tape first thing. And the next thing, you should call me and ask me, because you know I'm not going to lie to you. I don't need to cup somebody's ear to knock them off their feet, especially this guy. You know, I thought he'd stand up there. Maybe kind of bad. He fell down. I have to get, do it again. Get him up, you know. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you know, and Vince, after he's over, he said, David, that's a good job, man. You did a great job. You go on, get to the hotel. And after my match with Antonio Noki, he gets to get to the hotel. I'll talk to you tomorrow uh, at the office in Connecticut. But he did a good job. Exactly what I want, right? 
really all started falling apart. He wanted me to take blame for it. And I said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Now, you know, you don't go out and do a live interview on Madison Square Garden without somebody telling you to do it and set it up. You know that deal. You ain't yes, going to out there and just start doing an interview with a TV show. I mean, but nobody wanted to hear nothing about me. They didn't want to hear anything I had to say. So he got paid off, so everything was good, and they was happy. And then later on, we went to court for about seven years, and... Uh, Finally, uh, he he dismissed all his charges and everything. And this year, and this year, and my lawyer dropped me. He wanted more money. I said, I ain't paying no more money in seven years. You ain't got nothing done. Hell, you know. But I think Vince, I, I I'm pretty sure Vince paid him off, just like he does all attorneys that's involved in lawsuits with him. I've been told anyway, and that's my opinion. You know that he was paid off. But my lawyer never talked to me no more after. I, did that, you know, talk to him. And I said, how much you get? Oh, man, I, I don't That's what I found out too, so. Actually, uh, 
you know, in that book, you'll read uh, you'll read one story about the bug lady. Yes. In the closet. Yeah. With all the bugs. And she, you know, I was telling Mr. Powerful Alex when I was telling him a couple stories about Bounty Hunter. I said, this girl come out, she had bugs crawling all over her, man. Looks like lava going up in the damn volcano or something. <laughs> Roaches running off of her. And I told my boy, Nate, come here, man. Put the cuffs, get, get the cuffs on her. He said, oh, man. He put the cuffs on I said, take her down to the jail. He said, oh, I don't want her in my car. I said, hell, you work here, man. I'm the boss. You got to take her. Uh-oh. Oh, hell. <laughs> he took her down. He said he had to go fumigate his car and have it clean, detail, and everything. And I said, well, you need to buy some better bug spray. Said, Keep the bugs off, you know. Uh, roaches, you know, they get in your car. One, it's only about a thousand. That you don't get them out in a week. But uh, and, and you know another thing, New York City. I'm gonna tell you about the rats up there, man. And this is honest truth. I was up there one morning about three, four o'clock in the morning. I seen this. It looked like a little dog coming out. And I was sitting there. I was sitting there going, "Come here, buddy. Come here. I know you're hungry." Damn rat! Looked like a damn dog. I mean, this rat was big. He beat up any dog. Oh, Chattanooga, you okay? But if you're not, you gotta drive all the way back to Jackson. And 
you'd be lucky to uh, make ten dollars at all them shows. So you had to buy your gas and your food. Yep. You had to, you know. I mean, people don't know. They say, "Oh my God, you went that far and did that." Like, we didn't do it once. We did it every weekend. Right. Yeah, and uh, people, uh, I don't understand people, uh, they ought to know, man, it takes a lot of traveling, you know, to do all these things, a lot of work, a lot of time, you know, but uh, but as you see, Bill handled it good, man, he, uh, he was still out there wrestling, man, every time I pick up, hey, but Bill Dundee. Yeah, I hear you. Superstar Bill Dundee going to be in the match tonight with seven other guys. <laughs> I said, damn, Bill, be careful. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Hey, you know what? Those old diamonds, we know what these guys are planning before they do it. Right. <laughs> That's what I used to tell these guys. I said, hey, I know what you're going to do before you even think about it. Yeah. So don't try that shit on me. <laughs> I hear you. So, you know, they think uh, sometimes us old folks are out here and don't know what we're doing. Well, you know, I, I used to tell guys a lot of times in my, you know, oh, I'm sorry, you moved. Oh, I, 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 why'd you move? I don't know. Hell, you like to broke my neck. Next time I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, just the way they, they had to learn, you know, what everything was, you know, but uh, it was a for all you chicken breeders out there, if you're looking for new chicken coops, you call Chicken Partners at telephone 336-391-9773 and you will get a hell of a deal and you'll get 10% off and tell them the superstar told you to call. Hey, I loved it, man. All the Japan trips, everywhere I went, all I did. And it's just a shame that I didn't get to stay there and... You know, I'm kind of glad I didn't stay there because if I'd stayed there, I, w I wouldn't be here now. I'd be dead. Either Vince McMahon would have had me killed in Egypt or they take you out in the sand dunes and leave you and you're dead anyway. I mean, as soon as the, the sidewinders come out that night or whatever, uh, he'd get you in Japan where they push you off a building or something, you know, money talks and yeah. uh, he could have he easily had that done. And the last time he tried to send me the over to, I think it was uh, India somewhere. I said, oh, no, 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 I'm not going over there. Uh-uh, no. You end up in a damn, uh, what you call it, a Chinese restaurant or Indian restaurant where they kill all the cats and stuff and Chinese yeah. food or something. I mean, <laughs> you know, people, people are all just talking. Now. Oh, yeah, okay, you're talking. But, you know, you got to be careful. Uh, you know, I know a lot of, I know a lot of, dumb people that were dumb and they wish they hadn't done it, you know. But, uh, man, I can't believe that many wrestlers that one lad died last week, I, I believe it was, Bill, in the ring, over in the UK. Yeah, uh, was it Silver King? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right, in the ring, and, uh, you know, they just, man, they're dropping off like, uh, you know, these guys... They must be using some super kind of uh, growth hormones, steroids, or something. Or they're not taking care of themselves and not getting the physicals where the doctor can tell them, hey, you got a bad heart if you don't need to go in that ring. Right. Well, they wouldn't listen to them anyway. No. You know, oh, hell, I'm all right. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's a bunch of them, man. A bunch of them uh, that. You know what they told me the other day, Bill? I was talking to the road warrior, and he told me, he said, David, we go back 40 years, man. 40 years. And he said, do you know you are the only wrestler, the only wrestler in all history of wrestling? 
match. All the wrestlers, all the bumps, everything, everybody's all the high spots, all that big ass. As you became immortal with one slap. I said, what? He said, yeah. He said, they're still talking about it. And you're still selling the stuff. I said, well, I guess so. Thank you. Yeah. I never thought about it. You know, 40 years, I mean, they're still talking about it. They, uh, I mean, people still, and I try to get John Strasser going on a live talk show, no way. <laughs> I try to get him on a recording show, no way. He don't want to come near me, go near me, or anything else. He must have signed a hell of an agreement to keep his mouth shut or something, huh? But, well, I don't know, David. I saw the tape, and that was a hell of a slap. Well, it wasn't that good. You know, I was going to have a hey, I was going to have a charity event. I was at one hundred one point five yesterday, and uh, old boy come in there with a camera, you know. And uh, Reeves, uh, Reeves told me to tell you hello if I seen you. Oh yeah, Danny uh, Reeves. Danny, yeah. Yep, Danny, yep, good guy. And yeah, the guy come in there, yeah, guy come in there with a camera. He's going to do a. Hey, Dan, said, this guy wants to get a little thing here. He said, well, you know, I, I think it's fake. I said, now, why in the hell would you say that? He said, well, they said a few times ago. I said, yeah, you know what that guy got? He got slapped in the damn head like this. I reached around the, uh, the bone he had up there and slapped him up on top of the head like you do a kid. Don't do that no more. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Of course, he, of course, he fell to the ground like he was dead and all that, you know, but uh, there was nothing wrong with him, you know. But, uh, hello. Hello. That's my clock. Uh oh. Well, have y'all got any questions you want to ask me? Well, are you done with wrestling? I mean, you're, you're never getting back in the ring or getting around it or doing whatever. I mean. Well, yeah, I do. Every once in a while, just a uh, little stuff, you know. I, I just, you know, they pay me to show up at shows and uh, just uh, sell my book and advertise and all that. But when they ask me to wrestle, I say, yeah. I'll do that, but uh, it's going to cost you a little more money. And they said, well, we're paying you good anyway. I said, well, you ain't paying me good enough to get in there and get my neck broke with these guys you got out here wrestling. <laughs> I hear you. I mean, like the guys when I was working out Herb Wells, they told him, my God, you need to tell this guy something. He's, he's going to call us to hurt ourselves just trying to keep him from hurting again, us hurting him. You know, I, you. Uh, I said, I'm not getting in there unless it's worth some money. If it's worth some money, I'll get in there. But uh, I did a couple of things up up around St. Louis in there with uh, Barbara Goodish, about Frank uh, Goodish. Uh, you know, I just, um, you know, just in the ring and, you know, just not much. But I feel like I can get in there no problem, though. It's just that... Uh, you know, nobody wants to see me in there no more. You know, you know what they say. I don't look good naked anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, look yeah, out. I, I have to cover up with coveralls or something, you know. Now, Dr. D, uh, the fans can uh, get an autographed copy. They can drop it to Post Office Box 24, Henderson, Tennessee. That's right, Henderson, Tennessee, 38340. And uh, $25 is pays postage and everything and tell me who you want it addressed to and, I mean, autograph to and I'll autograph and send it to them. And, uh, or they can get it on Amazon uh, or eatsleeprassle.com, which is John Cosper, the co-author, uh, his website. And, uh, you know, 
it's not hard to find if you look on there and say, uh, you know, Dr. D. David Schultz, uh, don't call me, fake it, pops up everywhere. But uh, these people all wanted autographed copies, and so I finally got my wife to get a post office box, and I come through and, uh, you know, and there's a, a few in there every time I go down there and check it. But I'm trying to get on national TV. It seems like ABC don't want me on there. CBS, <laughs> I mean, I don't know why, but, uh, you know, and, you know, I tried to get on Oprah, and I got denied there. Oprah didn't want me on there. I don't, you know, well, I don't know if she heard about it or not, but, you know, if you get on Oprah, you make pretty good money off your book if she likes it. She likes it, and uh, you know. But then, like I said, man, everything going great with me, and uh, you know, I know y'all wrestling Henderson down here every year, Bill. And uh, you know, I'm not but uh, ten miles from that school y'all wrestle at. Uh, yeah. My place here in Tennessee. I still got a place in Connecticut. I'm up there a lot, but uh, I might be going back up there. Guys, off me a hell of a job, but I hate to go. I told him I didn't know if I wanted to get involved with uh, politics, you know. But uh, it's kind of like being his uh, advisor. <laughs> See, yeah, <laughs> you're really gonna, you're really gonna turn that good with me, your advisor. Yeah, I hear you. I advise you not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Tracy, he's a wrestler, he was, now he's one of the biggest bail bondsmen in Connecticut, and he's running for mayor of East Haven, Connecticut, which he's going to get, I'm almost positive he's going to win it, and you know, a lot of people go into politics, I'm surprised you ain't in politics, Bill. Oh, hell, I don't know nothing about him. <laughs> yeah, I know Lawler tried it a couple of times, yeah. but I don't think he's going to try it no more. <laughs> no, he tried to be the mayor of Memphis. Yeah, I know, he tried, but... Yeah. Been, been, uh, I guess he's cooking pretty good, though. I hear you got a good restaurant over there. You go over there and eat a lot? No, not a lot. I've been there twice. He didn't charge you, did he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason I ain't going. He'll want to charge yeah. me, and then we're, then we're going to get in an argument. No, I hear you. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Well, how long, 
How long do you think you're going to keep bounty hunting? Oh, I don't know. I'm doing the ones now. I'm doing the ones that people, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm doing the ones that people are scared to go get, like they know where he's at, and they're scared to go get him. And I now see the police won't go get him for you. I mean, they won't get involved because it's not a police matter. It's a civil matter, a contractual agreement you've got. Taking it, I mean, they're getting the police from out of it. I don't blame them. You know, they've already got the guy. You bond him out. It's your responsibility to bring him back. If you don't, then you got to pay the courts or whatever the bond is. So I don't know. As long as I get the, I mean, I don't. It don't make any difference who they are. I will go get them. I mean, it's the money's right. I will go get them. Now, I'm not going to go and get a guy for a thousand dollars that's got two bodies in his hand and you get charged with two counts of tempted murder and a uh, gang member and all that, you know, not for a thousand dollars. I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. Where's the gang member at? You know, I went to LA and got a couple of guys, gang members out there and the police advised me not to go down there and get them. Well, I went down there with Crips and Nids. Uh, I saw, uh, <coughs> when, yeah. when you went to Vince, I saw where you said that uh, when you went and gave your notice to, uh, to uh, Vern, that he threatened to put you out the building and you reminded him that he wasn't a young man anymore, but uh, later on you thought that uh, you was glad he didn't try it. Uh, you didn't oh, want to tangle with that. Let me tell you, that was the greatest day, one of the greatest days in wrestling for me that he didn't throw me out. He didn't have to try. I know he could have thrown me out. I mean, this guy could have broke me in the head, probably. I mean, Von Gagne was a tough old guy, you know. I mean, Herb Wells trained me over here. He was 66 years old. He liked to beat me to death before I got into business. And Vern Gagne was tougher than him, probably, or just as tough. Yeah. And Vern didn't want nothing. He just said, I said, you can't throw me out. You know, uh, you ain't a young man no more. Oh, I was so proud that he didn't throw me, didn't try to throw me out because it had been a hell of a fight. It probably lasted 30 seconds. He would have hooked me and drug me out. <laughs> you know, Vern always did me real good just a spur of a moment that that happened and I was I was tickled to death that he didn't throw me out because I'm sure he could have did it without any problems but you know I want to uh, remind everybody that uh, the kind of bounty hunting you do is not quite uh, the the clean version they see of dog the bounty hunter or nothing of where you just go in and get a couple little uh, bond jumpers you go after the the bounties that the bounty hunters send you in at drug dens and Harlem and uh, uh, some pretty tough characters that you talk about in the book. Absolutely, absolutely. I tell you, I brought in, I brought in rapists, I brought in uh, bank robbers, I brought in uh, kidnappers, I brought, I brought in uh, mayors, uh, political figures. And uh, they thought they was above the law, so they take off. So I'd go get them, bring them back. And, uh, you know, the FBI called me in several cases, said, hey, we need to find this guy. we got to find him. It's been three years. We have no idea where he is. Well, open your eyes. You know, and uh, it took me about three months to locate him. And they said they'd give me a couple thousand dollars extra, let them make the arrest, give them a, a feather and a half, right? Well, that's okay with me. Money, 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 money. That's what yeah. I want. Uh, I saw, saw where the uh, FBI, the mob, uh, whoever kind of gives you the nod and sends you after the bad guys. That's right. And let me tell you, I've had guys, I've had guys in uh, Connecticut, you know, I 
I moved here, I lived up there, and I worked in New York. I was in New York City probably three nights a week. The rest of the time I was in Puerto Rico, San Domingo, Cairo, Egypt, somewhere, uh, uh, you know, Washington State, California, Texas, wherever I found a guy, I got the tip where he was at, I went and got him. But, you know, people don't understand how bad, how dangerous it is to go to New York City down in the Bronx, down to Hell's Kitchen. When you got 2,000 families in a building and it's 2 o'clock in the morning, that's when you catch them. You don't catch them during the daytime. They're sleeping. And the only time you can catch them is like uh, between 12 and 6 o'clock in the morning when they're up running around getting ready for the day, passing out their drugs, doing whatever they do, you know. And I'm down there by myself. Of course, I report to the police that I'm there. And I go in this building where there's 2,000 families. I'm the only guy down there. I'm the only white guy in the vicinity anywhere. <laughs> all the Jamaicans, all the Cubans, all these people, and they see me, they see me come in and say, yo, Doc, who you after, man? I go, oh, I just got to go talk to him. Okay, Doc, be cool, man. I go up there and I get this guy and bring him down. And I had a couple of TV shows go with me up there. And, uh, you know, I get out of there. I don't talk to the guy. I mean, most time, I'm going to take him to jail and I'm going to bond him back out anyway. You know, I make money on both ends. So uh, this TV crew come with me. The girl was going up the steps, probably the fourth or fifth floor, going up 10, 15 floor, whatever it was. And she said, oh, my God, is that guy over there, is he dead? He's sitting on the hallway, he's sitting on the steps. He had needles sticking in his arms and uh, vomit running out of his mouth and all that. And she said, oh, my God, Dr. D, is he dead? I don't know. Go check him if you want to. I got to go, man. I got something to do up there. <laughs> so I went on, and she come behind me. She said, oh, we need to call 911. I said, hey, you wait till I get my guy. You call now. You do whatever you want to do. Give him mouth to mouth, whatever you want to do. I don't care. She said, you're not going to check on him? No, I'm not. It's not my responsibility to check on him. He wants to kill himself like that, then I can't stop him. I'm not going to get in there. I'm not going to catch some deadly disease from this piece of crap sitting there killing himself. Anyway, went up and got my guy. I'm going to come back down. The guy's just laying down now. He ran on the step, turning all kind of colors, you know. And she said... Oh, I've got, I've got to stay here. Y'all crew, come out. Hey, the crew following me. She's standing on the steps. And I said, lady, if you take my advice, you better get out of here right now. Because you can't hang around there and talk. Because they're going to get you. All of them are going to get you, boy, if you're standing around there. And, and she didn't understand what I meant. So anyway, the TV crew come with me. We got out, we got in our cars here. She come running to the van. And we got down the road, we stopped and talked. And I said, listen, buddy, you don't know how dangerous. You don't know nothing about the situation. Your life was in danger there. And uh, she said, what do you mean? I said, hey, it's like telephone, telegraph, you talk. They know you're there. And, uh, you know, and, and you're very vulnerable. I'm not. I've got a gun on me. I can protect myself or whatever. They're not going to bother me anyway. So, but you, they will take you and they'll use you every way things you don't even ever thought of happening to you. She said, oh, I didn't say I said, trust me, lady, don't go back up there no more. And I mean, it's so, it's so scary to know these people, they go out on all these news crews, but they don't go down Harlem. They don't go down there at 12 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the night, 3 o'clock in the morning. And these people are just waiting for a chance to mug somebody, 
to hurt somebody, take everything. They got TV cameras. They don't care. They sell they good money on them TV cameras, you know. <laughs> and, and you know, and they just you can't tell them though because they think they're uh, they're invincible, you know. I mean, you keep standing around here, you find out how invincible you are, you know. But I've had several times like that people going with me, and uh, John Johnson, Channel Seven News went with me. He, Oh, God, I thought he was going to cry. It's always hard to see Dr. D, but just go down and go in, kids are crying, women are crying, everybody, but, yeah. Did you tell him about me pulling that guy up among his bill with 357 Magnum under his pillow? <laughs> you know, they forget them facts, you know. Uh, it's like, they want to make me look bad. Well, I ain't bad, I'm just lucky, I guess, because I didn't get shot, didn't get killed, you know. And right now, I'm, I'm, I'm close to 4,000 people, you know, bringing them in. And, and it ain't no, it ain't no simple, let me tell you, Memphis is one of the hardest places to go to pick people up, too. They'll shoot you in a minute in Memphis now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can, and the thing about it, people don't understand, you kick that door down, and they shoot you, they'll get by with it. They'll say, hey, I was living my life. I didn't know who this guy was kicking my door down. I thought he was going to kill me and my family. Huh. And they get away with it. And uh, you open the closet up in a house, you better know how to open that closet. Because a lot of bounty hunters have been killed opening the closet. As soon as you open the closet, guy sitting there with a gun pointed, the door will shoot you. And, you know, they get away with it. I mean... Well, that's some way you're not like get him by having a gun, but uh, everybody's allowed to have a gun in the house, I, I guess, the way I hear it. But it, it's a very dangerous situation out there, bounty hunter. Right now, I'm working on a TV, well, it's a TV series called Bell Jumpers. We've been in negotiations with three different uh, studios, and I got the word last night that it's moving along very good, and we'll probably start production on it real quick. Fast. I said, how fast? The guy said, I said, next year, year after or what? He said, no, 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 it's going to happen now. Everything's in place, and, uh, you know, so you look forward to that bell jumpers, and they said they wanted me to go out and do live captures every day. I said, that ain't going to happen. And they said, why? I said, because you don't have enough insurance, but I don't have enough time to go through all the lawsuits that you're going to run up on by going out and doing live captures every day. I don't mind going out doing live captures. If I'm TV, we offer reward for somebody. Somebody calls us, tell her, hey, he's down here on certain, certain street, you know, and they're going to get $10,000 to tell me where they're at. And I don't mind going getting those kind of guys. But to go out and hammer the street, man, try to get informants to tell you this, tell you that, you got to know who's lying to you, who's not. you got to, I mean, and it's hard, man. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to go to New York City and get one guy out of there in that population. And I did it very successfully, and I'm probably, uh, you know, if you read the book, all the bondsmen that I worked for up there, they'll tell you real quick, man, this is got to do the job. I get a call every day just about somebody wants me to go do something for them. And I said, yeah, I'll do it. How much? <laughs> Here about a month ago, a guy had to pay me $10,000 to go get a guy. And uh, he said, Doc, this guy's going to kill anybody that comes after. He swore to kill anybody come after. And I said, how much is his bond? He said, $250,000. I said, well, damn, man, I'd be doing you a favor then. He said, I know where he is. So he met me. We went down to Alabama across the line, and he said, 
that's the house over there. He was from Nashville. Barnes was from Nashville. He said, that's the house right over there. I said, okay. So you're going to go in the front door? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. You go in the front door. He's he going to kill any. He said he's going to kill anybody. I said, I've heard that shit so much, man. Yeah. Okay, go to the back door. Wait in the back door. Put this wedge on the door so he can't push the door open. Run out the back. If he does run out and you see a gun, shoot him. He said, okay. So he went to the back. I went and knocked on the door, got on the door. And I said, uh, Dwayne, whatever his name was, I don't know, Edward, whatever it was. Anyway, he said, yeah, what's up? I said, I'm David Schultz, but unfortunately, you're under arrest for failure to appear. Boom. I grabbed him, did a little move, sidestepped him, boom, took him to the ground, cuffed him. And he's screaming the whole guy, hey, man, you got the wrong guy, the wrong guy, pretty big guy, too, you know. And I said, no, 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 this is the right guy, man. My baby needs a new pair of shoes. So shut up. I got $10,000 from him. I took him out to the car, throw him in the car, and put the seatbelt around him, had his hands all cut behind him, and closed the door, and I went around back looking for the bondsman. I said, hey, Rush, where you at, man? Teddy. Eddie, what's your name? You know, he come out from behind an oak tree, fifty yards away from the house, out there hiding in the woods. Uh, I said, "What the hell is wrong with you?" He said, "Hell, I didn't want to get shot." Well, come on, pay me. I gotta go. And we got in the car, and he took me back to my car. He said, "Will you ride to Nashville with me?" Hell no, I ain't going to Nashville with you. I mean, I'm through. He's in the car, locked up, taken. Yeah, but I thought you'd leave, or you thought wrong. Pay me. <laughs> and uh, you know he wrote me a check and it didn't bounce he went right on through because he knew I, I'd come get his ass from there I, I'd call the bail bond or something you know Tennessee has a law here now see in Tennessee you have to go to that uh, uh, continuing education once a year to be able to be a bondsman or a bounty hunter in Tennessee now they just enacted that a few years ago because of, uh, Congress and all that. They want extra money, you know, uh, Tennessee House and all that stuff. So now, see, my dog, the bounty hunter got arrested last week in Texas because he was illegally hunting down Texas. See, he's so stupid or so proud, he won't go to the sheriff and tell him he's there looking for somebody. He just won't go out and be the big dog in the, in the dog punch, you know? And they come out and said, yep, that's me. And they tell me, and all of a sudden, he said, oh, I didn't put the cuffs on him. That private investigator did. And the sheriff said, no, uh -uh, it looked like the other police said, you put the cuffs on him. You arrest him. That's illegal. So, because he didn't have a continuing education. He didn't have a license for that. You know, it's, there are teachers out there, especially when you're trying to take all the glory and not put the sheriffs or the uh, Texas Rangers in or something. You got to. Let them get their glory, you know. All I want is my money. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you get, you got to let them get their spots in, huh? That's right. Y'all take him in. There's a the camera. I'm going to get a soda back here. I'll be trying. <laughs> <laughs> After a while, you learn that, you know. And uh, I'll tell you, I, I, was, uh, I was in Connecticut. I was best man put the word out. Don't use this guy. Nobody using. If you use him. You'll never get any help from me any which way or anything. So all the little promoters quit using me. And I had to make a living, you know. And uh, that's when they, you know, Barnes would ask me to go get this motorcycle guy. Uh, Diablo motorcycle bang. I said, well, I don't mind going to get him, but I need to meet with the club first. I don't want to go and go against them, you know. That's when you mess up when you go against a motorcycle bang, you know. Hells, angels, whoever. Usually they get their own, they take care of their own, but this club said, yeah, we're on his bond, we need to get him and go get him. 
So I went and got him, brought him in, and, you know. And but the first one I ever got, I, I, I had the guy. They said, "Oh, he's bad. He's bad. Oh, bad. Oh, we don't know where he is." Uh, the next morning, about seven o'clock, he come walking around the corner where I was watching his house where he's supposed to be living. And it, <laughs> excuse me, he was heading down to get a pack of cigarettes or something. He come around the corner. I stuck a nine millimeter in his mouth, and he went through his knees. And he wasn't bad at all, man. <laughs> and, uh, no, he wasn't bad at all. You know, I mean. Uh, but, you know, that's the bounty hunting part. Uh, you know, it, it just got, you, you can tell stories all day long. And in the book, I think uh, I, there's a lot of them in there. I don't want to give them away. But you heard about the two girls that was kidnapped, and the guy had her had them kidnapped the way I could find them. Yeah. Chained to the toilet or something? I'm sorry? I mean, chained to the toilet and dressed them alike. And... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so had them chained. That's what he did. He did with them. I shaved their heads, and he... He made them dig a tooth out of their head, both of them out of their mouth. He gave them a pocket knife and said, show how much you care about me. And they had to dig a tooth out, no matter what tooth, to show him how much they cared about him. And he'd chain them to the toilet and leave them for two days, three days. And the only way they could drink water is out of that toilet. Oh, he's a piece of garbage, you know, I mean, really. And the families got in touch with me and said, please, we'll give you $5,000 a piece for the girls if you'll find them, because evidently law enforcement can't find them. So like I said, when I first found them, the FBI, the whole story's in the book, but they they missed him. And I went back, I think it was, I don't know, a couple months later and got him on my own. And... uh uh, that was a big uh, thrill for me to bring those girls home. And, you know, they were so nice, the girls. After uh, he got in jail, they knew he couldn't get to them. Because he, uh, they said, they said uh, the informant said, if he's walking down the street, the girls look at the ground, walking. If they looked up, he'd backhand them in the nose. Uh, they were sitting in the houses. If they looked up to watch TV, he'd hit them with a boot or something right across the face. And I, I said, oh, there's a piece of garbage, man. I need to, <laughs> and just so happened when I got him at about 12, uh, Puerto Rican police who shot him and pointed at his head. I didn't get to do anything but throw him in the car, handcuff him. <laughs> <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted a snowballing view time, but I didn't get to. He, uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't do that anyway, I don't think. Uh, he might have fell down, might have slipped and fell down, though. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know how all the guys they ever brought in, those. I had about five guys, five Jamaican drug dealers, that really didn't want to go. And they'd say, oh, you're not taking me nowhere, Mons. You're bouncing on. You're not taking me nowhere. I'd take my gun out, and I'd give it to my guy I had with me. I'd say, hold this. And I'd go get that guy, and I'd suplex him all over the damn couch, man, just like a wrestling thing. Hey, I'd wrap my hands, I'd, I'd hang him and wrap my hands around his dreads because he's down to his butt, you know. I drag him down the steps, and the cops would be coming up. And they say, "Damn, Doc, you're gonna kill him taking him down through there like that? Oh, he'll make it. Oh, he might get a few bruises, but he don't want to go." So I'm having to kind of persuade him. He said, "Well, I wish we could do that." And got him out, throwed him on the car. He whined all the way to jail, New Haven, Connecticut. Begged me, tried to pay me off, and everything. I said, "Man, your whole life is screwed now. All your..." boys was up there watching you get your ass whooped. They watched you lose all your drugs. They watched you lose all your money. And your woman up there looked at you and seen you was nothing but a coward. 
Now you have nothing to live for, man. So go on to jail and be somebody's bitch and leave me alone. <laughs> it took me about six months to get this guy, though. He was slick, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, people don't go out. People think, they got an idea that you go every day, and the guy gives you a paper. You get all the legal papers you need, and you go get him that day and bring him in. No, 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 no. no. Time they call me, the bondsmen, they have already been to these people's houses. They threaten them. They threaten to put them in jail. They threaten to take the house. They threaten that. They did everything they can do to find these guys. And all they do is run the people further off. You know, they take off. And, uh, you know, uh, that's when you have to go to South Carolina, North Carolina, Florida, Texas. They're scared to death, most of them. Uh, you know, first time offenders anyway. And, uh, but it is, uh, it, I tell you, it, it's a dangerous situation, man. I mean, when you leave, you don't know if you're going to make it back or not. And I've took many, many guns off of people and I'd give them to the, uh, ATFs. I'd call them, well, bring them in. They, can I keep this one? No, no, you can't keep it. <laughs> you know? And most of them was hot or stolen from the, the Coke manufacturing company up in Hartford, Connecticut. But, uh, you know, there was some nice guns these guys had. I'm glad I didn't get shot one of them. But, you know, but everything went good and everything going good. Everybody thought I was crippled up, I guess, when I went to the Coffee Alley Club. They'd seen me years and years and years. And I guess they said, damn, that dog walking in here. Yeah, what do you want me to be in a wheelchair? <laughs> 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 a lot of them are in wheelchairs, Bill. You know that, don't you? I hear you. Like they're broken up, man. They don't take care of themselves, and you know, and uh, they just—I uh, mean, they're awful shape. I don't know how they get in that bad of damn shape. And uh, but they don't—I don't know. They—they uh, they, a lot of them dying off too, man. Yes. Yeah. You know, we're lucky to be alive. <laughs> I hear you. Well, every time I wake up, I say, "What day is it?" Hell, I don't be another day. <laughs> I plan on being around a long time, man. I'm just going to bat away, you know. So one day people are going to say, what happened to Dr. D, man? I ain't seen him in a few years. Oh, hell, we don't know. He's just bad away. He's bad away. He was a bad boy. He could disappear. He ain't around no more. <laughs> probably have to come out to Colorado on the mountaintop and find me out there with a bale of the best ganja you can buy. My marijuana, because Tennessee ain't going to let nobody smoke no marijuana, so... I've had to go to Colorado and just get me a tent and set up there. And the biggest decision you got is uh, which one you want to smoke out of today, you know. Well, look, uh, Dr. All right, if you're all out there and you're looking for a new roof, why don't you give Baker Roofing a call at 901-574-7775. And if you call that number, tell them the superstar told you to call, you'll get 10% off your new roof touch you, shoot you, or whatever. And uh, people say, oh, man, them women, hey, oh, yes, they are. Yes, they will, too. So you always keep them in front of you, you know. But I'll keep going. I'll keep going. I'm still, uh, you know, I'd like to start back. Uh, you know, the reason I don't do it around here, uh, there's no big bonds. You know, bonds around here are $1,000, $5,000, stuff like that. New York and Connecticut and, and, you know, those places, hey, they're $10,000, 50000 100000 $200,000. I mean, you can make a good $25,000, $30,000 by picking up a guy if you find him. 
And I found everybody. And the bondman pays all your expenses. Like if you have to go to San Domingo. And it's totally illegal to bring them out of San Domingo. But I never had a problem, you know, to get them out. And, uh, you know, like Illinois, it's illegal to go to Illinois and pick up a bail jump or a bond jump. And a lot of guys are going to Illinois now because of that purpose. But if you know how to get them out and, you know, let the police know what you're doing, they can't do nothing to you. Well, Doctor, Doctor D, we just told everybody where to go. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, that's right. That's the best place, you know. Cops told me one time up there. Said, listen, if you go to this house three o'clock in the morning, you kick that door down, we're putting you in jail. I said, well, you should put me in jail right now because I'm thinking about the door down. If you don't over that, excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm thinking the door down. If uh, you know, if they don't open it, and I'm bringing them out of there. So he said, well, if you kick that door down, we're going to take you to go, oh, whatever, you know. So anyway, 3 o'clock, I knocked on the door, they opened the door, I went in, and the two of them there I wanted. And I said, listen, guys, here's, here's the problem, here's, here's the situation. The police is out here watching the house. Now, if they come in here, or if I call them in here, they're going to take you two guys to Cook County Jail in Chicago. I don't know if you know about Cook County Jail or not, but you are not going to like it there because you're going to sit there for probably six months before Connecticut will extradite you back. Now, if you want to go back with me, you sign this paper voluntarily going with me and we can go out and get in the car. We can all leave and get you back to Connecticut. You can get bonded back out, get all this mess straightened out. You're not going to sit in Cook County Jail because you ain't going to be worth a dime after you come out of Cook County Jail. And, uh, oh, no, man, we'll go with you. We'll go with you. So they sign the paper and they walk out with me and, you know, I take them and get across state lines. Soon as I do, I stop the car and, hey, I got to put cuffs on you now. They say, yeah, but we're voluntarily coming back. Yeah, but if I get stopped with, uh, you don't have cuffs on you and they run your name and you're wanted, they're going to take you away from me. They can't take you away from me with cuffs on. I'm, I'm trying to be nice to the guys, you know, they're yeah. okay. I mean, you know, just a little misunderstood. Uh, one of them beat the hell out of a three-year-old and tried to rape a three-year-old. So I didn't really care if they wanted them on or not. They were getting them on. But, you know, I got them back, and uh, that's the way I'd bring them out of Illinois. See, I'd let them sign out. The funny thing, the old guy, I said, here, you take this paper with them. You got that paper, just keep it to the judge or whatever, and he'll be lenient on you next morning. So I got back to Connecticut went in the courtroom, the judge is up there, and they call him up. He said, uh, Your Honor, I've got a paper here from Dr. D, David Schultz, the bail bondsman that come got me. And the judge said, let me see that paper. He put it up there, and he said, David, you still handing these damn papers out? <laughs> and he tore it up in about a thousand pieces, throwing garbage. He said, that's all that's worth. I said, I don't know, Your Honor, they seem like they need it or something I want it. He said, yeah, I understand, David. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. but that's the only way you can get them out is they voluntarily leave. And uh, you can't uh, make them come out with you in Illinois because Illinois don't have a bail bond system. The state bonds everybody out, uh, the state of Illinois. So they don't honor bail bondsmen. They don't want you in there. They don't like you. You know, in Cook County Jail is not a pleasant place to be, I assure you. I passed by there one time, got, got all shaky and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I just seen it in the distance, and I said, oh, no, man, let me get out of here. <laughs> but uh, a lot of bad places, a lot of bad prisons around, you know, but uh, them county jails like that, like Chicago, Hartford, Connecticut, Miami, um, Houston, Texas, Dallas, Texas, oh, uh, hey. 
you gotta, you know, you gotta fight your way in there. If you ain't, if you don't, and then they're gonna get you for inciting a ride and keep you for another six months just for fighting. So it's a bad situation with them. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna keep going as long as I can, Bill. Uh, it don't look like I'm in. I mean, I ain't. I'm in great shape. I think I weighed. I went to the doctor yesterday to get my blood test and everything. Yearly thing, and uh, they said, oh, "Wow." Cauliflower with you next year and see if we can uh, make as much noise as you did. Here, 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 here. 
I said, yeah, but did you see how many wives they've had? And he said, what are you talking about? I said, this one's been married four times in the last five years. Do you think them women left and they didn't get part of his money? Every time he goes there, they say, huh? I said, never mind. You don't. You're just like them. You don't understand. They didn't marry them guys to leave there and didn't get half their money or a quarter like Hogan. You know, 25 million to run that? Come on. That's, uh, you know. That's what it is. Anybody gets forty million dollars to have sex with a neighbor's wife. I don't know, man. Somebody's got the angel looking over, ain't they? I hear you. I hear you. But you guys, hey, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I hope I, I hope I answer some questions. It seems like I'm the yeah. one talking. Well, well, you've got an interesting story. Anybody that don't know you, Doctor D's missed out. That's right. That's right. And they. Uh, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you one great story about Bill, though. All right. I tell this Bill, you know, uh, I work, I work with Bill a lot over in Memphis. So one week we work, and you know, we get paid on uh, Monday in Memphis. They bring our payslip, and everybody had an envelope. So I remember uh, they, they give my envelope. I looked at it, and I was upset, upset every week anyway. But I noticed I worked with Bill about three or four times that week. And uh, a couple of times that we worked in, it said, you know, like we made uh, $1,200 that town or whatever. So I changed that and put it $3,200, made the one thirty-two, And I wadded my paper and my pay slip, and all the guys in the dressing room sitting over there, Bill might not remember this, but I'm sure he does. I throw it in the garbage. And as soon as I did, it was like rats, you know, running from the garbage, checking paper off. And they pull it out, and first thing they do is go to Bill. Oh, Bill, right here. Look what Schultz made, man. He made five thousand dollars last week, and you know, really, we made twenty five hundred or something, which wasn't good back then, you know. And Bill run in there and told Gary, Gary, I said, "Hey, why the hell is Schultz getting two thousand dollars, three thousand dollars here, and I didn't give him twelve hundred?" <laughs> Gary, Gary looked at him and said, "Bill, Schultz got you again." He said, "That son of a." <laughs> yeah, the good old days, Dave. Always had to do something like that, though. You know, it don't it don't present itself all the time, but when it does, that's the best of them all. You know, that was a good one. Yes, sir. Very good. But it was, uh, it was funny, man. It was stuff that we do, and uh, you know. But you know, I told uh, I told a guy today. As a matter of fact, it was last night on phone. He said, "Well, you, why don't you just have a why? Only people want to get slapped by you." I said, well, we're going to do a charity event. It's going to be get slapped by Dr. D. So you can get a $1 slap, $5 slap, or a $10 slap for charity. <laughs> so he said, hell, why don't you just go in and charge 50? There's some idiots that come up there and pay you $50 slap them. I don't know, man. I ain't thought of that. What if I hurt my hand slapping people? <laughs> he took it serious, you know. Yeah. And I'm looking, I'm looking the next week or two a charity event come up. Hey, Doc, we got a charity event over here for uh, the veterans, which is a good charity. Uh, I'm a veteran, and, you know, but something's coming up, and they're going to say, hey, LeBron or something's going to get slapped by Dr. B. And uh, uh, I said, well, uh, my wife said, are you nuts? I said, yeah, I think I lost my mind thing. I better not talk about that no more. So don't nobody call me wanting to get slapped for $10 <laughs> charity. <laughs> I hear you. But uh, anyway, it's been great talking to you guys, man. Anytime y'all want to talk, y'all get in touch with me. And 
just don't go around writing my telephone number on all the rest area restroom walls. Yeah, I hear you. That's what I used to do to people that made me mad. Yeah. I'd go around, I'd stop at every restaurant, every truck stop, and I'd write all kinds of stuff on the walls. And call here for a good time. Boom, 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 boom. Hey, it's a phone middle of the night. Hey, I'm on a, I'm on to speak to Lucille. <laughs> All right. Well, Dr. D, we'll find you one day very soon and we'll go out to lunch. I hope so. I'll be waiting for you and it's great talking to y'all and keep up the good work, Bill. All right, brother, I'm trying. You're doing a great job out there and just keep it up. And Rex, you try to be on time from now. Don't make me cancel a fight. Right, I'll do that. All right, right. Dr. D, take... Thanks, bye. Thanks, bye.